On the air everywhere, this is New England Broadcasting. Sweet Tuesday morning came on your smile. Tuesday To the program, <laughs> it is the Ron Van Dam Show. What's wrong with me? More importantly, what's wrong with you? That's how we turn things around here on the program. It's not hard to do. Whatever I am, you are worse. Quick, what day of the week is this? No, no, it's not Monday. No, it's not Wednesday. Oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, God, see what happens? You see what happens when you have these Monday holidays? It just screws everybody up. It's Tuesday. Can you believe it already? Seems like just yesterday it was Monday. had a bowl of soup uh, for dinner last night. Then I realized all I was having for dinner was hot, salted, flavored water. That's it, man. Went to a restaurant on Sunday in Boston. They had uh, a very popular uh, type of clam chowder. They put uh, pork belly in it and all kinds of stuff. It was uh, very, very tasty, very, very salty. Uh, but anyway, so I'm sitting there at the bar and I ordered the uh, the chowder, and uh, it was this, this is how stupid it is. This. This cup, it was only a cup, a cup of chowder, $25. What, are you freaking kidding me? Are there gold leaves in there, flakes of, what the hell? So I ordered this thing, and uh, the bartender said, sure, we'll get right on it. And I sat there for 15 minutes, waiting for the bartender to bring me my little cup of freaking soup. 
And after 15 minutes, I, I motioned to the uh, bartender. I said, excuse me, um, I'm waiting for the soup. He says, I'll check on it. And he comes back with the soup. <laughs> I thought, what, what the hell? Had I not asked for the soup, would it have been like a week later? That, that before? What, what does it take? What does it take to bring a cup of soup? It's not, it's not like, hey, uh, yeah, they, we got an order for soup at the bar. Oh, God, this is going to take an hour. Uh, we have to uh, chop up the pork belly. We have to get the clams from from the ocean and shuck them. Shuck is a stupid word for anything, by the way. What did you do with the clam? I shucked it. Don't shuck. Shucking is disgusting. It's not a good word. Got to shuck the clams. We got to uh, throw a couple of potatoes in there. And uh, this is going to take This is going to take hours. Can you tell him? He's got hours. Has he got hours to wait for the soup? Because we have to do all the. How hard is it in the kitchen to take a ladle, dip it in the big cauldron, and put it in a cup and bring it out to me? Is this a tough thing? You're saying, Ron, uh, don't be too hard on them. It was probably very busy. No, it wasn't busy. There were only about, I'd say, nine people in the restaurant at the time. This was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody freaking goes to a bar at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, except me and, like, seven other people. There was no excuse for it. And, uh... Absolutely ridiculous. And the soup was very, very good. But my God, what am I paying for? Uh, Ron, I, I'm sorry. I, I, We had to ladle that soup into that cup. <gasps> wow, that was so... Uh, the, the, the soup ladle, ladle, ladler, ladler, the soup ladler uh, has a tennis elbow from playing basketball wouldn't that be a basketball elbow uh, anyway and then we have to uh yeah we have to then we have to walk out of the kitchen to where you're sitting and put the soup in front of you it's oh god it's so laborious needless to say uh when it came time to leave I didn't tip them very, I'm a very good tipper, I love to tip, I love to tip, because, you know, I love to give people money so they love me, I, I love to tip, uh, uh, but I was mad, I was, I was seething in my pants, is that a, is that a proper analogy, can you say, is that a saying, seething in my pants, I don't know, anyway, I was, and I left uh, just 10%, ooh, 10%, Ron, you're evil. Oh, God, please. This guy deserved to have his head uh, dipped into the soup thing. Just an idiot. Anyway, how you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> I have an interesting guest coming up later in the program. We're going to talk about uh, returning merchandise, which is fascinating to me. Not only do you get free shipping when you order online uh, at many places, many uh, websites, whatever, stores, websites, whatever, um, but you can return it for any reason. I mean, that didn't used to be. When I was growing up, uh, things were very different. You couldn't just return things because you didn't like it. Well, then why'd you buy it? See, we had thing called stores. Let me explain this to the Generation P 
or X or whatever you call yourselves, um, we had stores. They still have some stores around now. If you drive around, you can still see them from the road. These are uh, brick and mortar because that's how they built them. And you walk inside the store, they have merchandise, and you pay for it, and you leave, and you can look at it first. You can try it on if it's clothing. I know. It's an incredible concept. Who knew? You kids don't understand what stores are. You just uh, order things online like you're the king of Prussia or something. Horrible, horrible example. You just sit back in your throne and hey, bring me and bring me the uh, the pair of pants, uh, size 38, please. Uh, bring them unto me with your trucks. Uh, that's what they, uh, I understand, you know, this is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so you order things online and, but they have all these places in order to, uh, be competitive. They say, well, you can return it uh, for any reason. What? And for any reason, are you returning this because it doesn't work because it was advertised improperly? Uh, it was damaged. No, I'm returning it because I just don't care for it, to be honest with you. I, I just don't like it anymore. Well, you liked it when you saw the picture of it in the, on the catalog and the, on the online. You liked it then. Yes, but I've changed my mind. I'm finicky that way. Thank you for the shipping and sending it to me for free and processing and all of that, whatever you do, but... I no longer feel that I want it. Oh, well, okay, here's your money back. Uh, you've opened the box? Yes, I've even used it. Uh, okay. Uh, did, you, did you wear it? Yes, yes. They're pants. They don't fit me. I put my crotch in the pants... Uh, granted, I have tiny little creatures uh, floating around my crotch area, but I, I tried on the pants, and I wore them for a couple of days, and I spilled some spaghetti on them, but I washed them. I had my people wash them, and now I just don't care for the pants anymore, so take them back and do what you will with them, but I vanish these pants from my lifestyle at this time. I no longer favor the pants. The pants and I are no longer getting along. Even though my legs do fit in it, I don't really want them anymore. Please get them out of here and take your shabby merchandise and leave me alone as I've changed my mind at this juncture in my life. Okay, here's your money back. I mean, what kind of society are we? Why do people buy clothes online? That'd be clothesline. Why do people do that? Why do people do that? When you go to a clothing store, they have these little booths. These little, uh, they look like tiny little apartments. And you go in there and you try on the pants. And uh, if they fit, you get excited, you buy them, and life is over. I mean, that's it. Fine. We did, we did the pants thing. But you try them on. Do they feel good? Do they look good? Some people buy shoes online. I've, I can't fathom that. 
even when you walk into a shoe store and these shoes are your size and you put them on and you walk and they feel a little small or they feel a little large. How is that possible? They're the same size as this other pair of shoes, but one pair fits, the other pair doesn't. How is that possible? Because they're shoes. I don't understand the explanation myself, but shoes never fit, ever, unless you try them on. And then you say to yourself, oh, I didn't know I was only this size. Uh, yeah, it's because shoes are all manufactured uh, weird. They all come from Taiwan or something or whatever. They don't know sizes over there. Buying shoes online, you're not only taking a chance... They're going to be wrong no matter what. Well, Ron, I've bought shoes online, and it's perfectly fine. Don't lie to me. It's not fine. It didn't work out. You have to try them on. There should be certain po return policies, but only for some things. Not for you can't, you can't return shoes. You put your feet in these things. You took your dirty, scummy... Athletic feet, athlete's foot is what I meant to say, and put them in shoes, and then you return them into the general pool of purchases. When when you go to a bowling alley, you you can't even put these shoes on without powder and all kinds of, they fumigate the shoes. I won't bowl because of the shoe thing. I, I don't want other people's feet where I'm putting my feet. Well, Ron, you're wearing socks. No, they're porous. They're porous. They, I, I'm not going to do that. No. It's like men that uh, are, you know, have fetishes and they put on women's uh, panties, you know, with this fetish. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't put other people's underwear on. Ew. Ew, 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 even if you're turned on by that, ew, it's still ew. Are you enjoying the show so far, or is this just too much for you to handle? I know it's the latter. Anyway, uh, my guest today, <laughs> this is the longest introduction for a guest I've ever done, really. My guest today is uh, the head of a merchandise organization. And uh, we're going to talk about what do they do with all the stuff that with the packages open, the stuff's been tried. What do you do with it? Do you throw out the merchandise? Do you resell? What do you do? We'll find that out today. It will be a search for answers. The other thing I wanted to talk about today is uh, something that, that really should bother every single person that lives especially if you drive a car or a truck or a bus or a scooter or a moped. Uh, every time I pass a gas station and I look up at the prices, uh, I, I always get a little bit angry about how society is just so manipulative. And that's the gas prices. You pass a gas station, there's this big light-up board of the gas prices, 
We don't just have one gas price. We have to have many of them. High octane, low octane, no octane. We have to put the price up there. But the price is always like $3.85.9. of a cent. I've talked about this before because there's never a resolve to this. Stop it. Stop putting 0.9 or 9 tenths of a cent on every single price of gas. Where did this come from? Who do you think you're fooling? Who? Certainly not me. Well, I did some research. Why is gas always sold? at nine-tenths of a cent. Why is that fraction always there? And here's the reason. And I, 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 I just, I can't, I, I can't even, it's just such a stupid reason, I can't believe it. Back in the day, whatever that phrase means, I guess back in the 40s or something, or 50s, gas was only like 10 cents a gallon. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, and cars only cost like a dollar ninety-five to buy or to lease. Yeah, gas was ten cents a gallon. Uh, here's the problem: uh, if they raised gas by a full penny, then the public apparently went crazy and said, "That's a ten percent increase." Yeah, you raise it one cent, and it's only ten cents. That's a ten percent increase. Apparently, the public did not stand for this. I, I don't know what kind of Twilight Zone world that was. So they raised it uh, nine-tenths of a cent uh, to fool the public to think, oh, we raised it by a cent. Oh, no, you didn't. No, we raised it by nine-tenths, not a full cent. It's not that bad. And I guess the public said, oh, okay, I guess it isn't so bad. It's only... It's only uh, 10.9 cents. That's not so bad. It's still 10 cents, really. No, it's 11 cents, you schmuck. How stupid is a human being, really? That's when this started. That is when this practice started of using nine-tenths of a cent. You're probably saying, well, that was when it was 10 cents. Now, (laughs) it's a lot more than 10 cents a gallon. Why are they still using the nine-tenths of a cent? And the answer is marketing, because you will feel like you're saving. I really don't know. I don't know. If gas is uh, $3.85 and nine-tenths of a cent, it's really $3.86. It's a penny more than you actually think it is on the sign. How stupid are we? How stupid are we? How stupid are we? Isn't it about time that we stopped making ourselves look so stupid? Do you know why aliens don't visit this planet and take over the earth? It's because they realize what they're taking over is a bunch of stupidity. They're not going to invade this planet. We're too stupid. They don't want us. And if they were to annihilate us when they take over the planet, 
we're too stupid to understand what annihilate means. Every time I pay for gas and I pay for that nine-tenths of a cent, I feel like you, you must think I'm stupid. You must think I'm stupid. Stop it. Just stop it now. It's incredible. It's incredible that this still goes on. Anyway. I need an advocacy group to, uh, to just to stop this uh, or, or have Congress decide, no, you can't do nine-tenths of a cent. You, you technically cannot. You technically cannot give me change for a penny. If I spend nine-tenths of a cent, if I get one gallon of gas and one gallon of gas only, that's all I want. I want one gallon of gas, not a drop over, not a drop less. You owe me nine-tenths of a cent. How are you going to do that? 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 And I want it in cash. I want nine-tenths of a cent in cash. Well, we can't do that, Mr. Van Dam. There's, there's no monetary thing for nine-tenths of a cent. Then stop putting it on your sign. That should be illegal. Mark, I mean, even for marketing purposes, it's still incredibly stupid. Is there some jamoke somewhere? Look, uh, look at two gas stations. One of them's uh, $3.86 and nine-tenths. One is uh, $3.87. We'll go to the gas station. It's 386.9 instead of the one that's 387. 387's higher. How stupid are you? Okay. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I'm not making this up. <laughs> I'm not making it up. We'll take a commercial break, and when we come back, uh, a little bit more. Uh, do you like comedy? Looking to have a few laughs this weekend? Come to Comedy Night at that bar near your house. Hosted by that local comic who hasn't moved past open mic nights for 20 years. And featuring that guy who told everyone he was moving to Los Angeles to become a famous comic and was back in three months. That girl whose friends all say she's really funny. And your headliner, that guy who was nearly famous until it turned out he liked to send pictures of his penis to strangers. It's a night full of fun and laughs, and it's happening at that bar near your house. Not too far to drive, just a little too far to walk. We'll see you there. Chris Homewood joins us now. He's CEO of Channel Control Merchandise. And I understand that you're at a particular location right now? I am. I am. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, New England. I'm at the uh, National Retail Federation's big show here at the Javits Center in New York. That's a big one. That's a big one. Um, yes, it is. Yes, and now we're talking about uh, retail, and uh, usually uh, we're also talking about uh, being uh, sustainable, and we usually don't connect the two, do we? But here's a whole show about it, I guess. That's it's, yeah. The the NRF is not just about sustainability; it mm-hmm. is about um, technology and innovation, and right. but sustainability is something that has certainly become more important and more relevant uh, as you know as We've all tried to get our arms around, you know, how do we do, um, how do we do a better job in that? Yeah. Uh, why is it to the benefit of a retailer to uh, to pay attention to sustainability? Yeah, it's a it's a really valid question. There are eighty billion dollars. Excuse me, eight hundred billion dollars in returns oh, oh. Um, across, uh, you know, across retail. So when you think about is how big is the problem? Is it worth solving? It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty significant. 
so you know that inventory has to go somewhere. Uh, certainly, some of it goes back to manufacturers, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of it that that doesn't have a home, uh, and so that's part of the problem that we're working on solving. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that, that's a, an interesting balancing act uh, by retailers to to sell their goods, and then a certain percentage they know what that percentage of re- returns might be. Um, that's that's got to be very very difficult and very expensive. It, it is actually in, uh, online in particular. One out of every four items is returned. Yeah, people tend to buy a size up or down yeah, in color. Yeah. You know, a couple of different color choices. So that inventory comes back. On average, it costs retailers about 66% of their original cost, so mm-hmm. 66 cents on every dollar. So again, when you think about, you know, there's the environmental impact, but it's, it's expensive. And I think what's really, mm-hmm. what's really interesting about where we are today is that we're using sustainability as the solution, right? It does, it's not something that, mm-hmm. you know, people are feeling com- they're compelled to do it, but it's part, it actually is the solution by repurposing that inventory, getting it back into the system, yeah. you know, for us, uh, in our in our company, um, we took 80 million units back uh, from oh, wow. uh, 17 of the top 100 retailers uh, and put them in our brick and mortar stores. You know, to to give that inventory a second life. We're mm-hmm. saving carbon emissions, mm-hmm. and so it's a really you know it's an elegant and simple solution uh, to a, a fairly fairly significant challenge. Um, why are there not stores specifically for that purpose? I would think they would do quite well. It's a great question. Uh, um, you know, a lot of retailers, omni-channel, it's focused on getting the product to the customer, that last mile yeah. presentation. Uh, there has not, there simply hasn't been um, a lot of energy around this. I, I think that the, you know, inventory coming back, certainly, like I said, some of that goes back to the manufacturer. Yeah. Some of the solutions that have existed before recently, you know, were not, were not mm-hmm. great. It went to a landfill. Um, really? you know, there wasn't a lot of interest in that, but as costs have increased, yeah. you know, retailers are looking for partners that help sure. them minimize those costs. Uh, you know, our company, CCM, we use three different tenants. We use recovery, transparency, and sustainability, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as kind of our mantra to go be great partners to our retailers to help them solve this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you a question a little bit off the beaten path here that I've been very uh, sure. curious about. Um, has Amazon kind of put a bad dent into this where they say you can return anything, don't worry about it, and they always take it back. Has that hurt sales with other uh, distribution manufacturers where, oh, all right, now they're getting everything from them because you can return everything? Um, To your question about if Amazon is is the one that's driving uh, the return issue, Mm -hmm. to some degree, look, you know, a lot of retailers have gone to omni-channel, so there's a, a full suite of this. And I think, you know, a, a great return policy is part of our shopping experience. A lot of shoppers, uh, you know, upwards of north of 60% of shoppers will make a buying decision based on a return policy. So yeah. I think it's part of our shopping experience. That's true. That's true. Um, which is why this, you know, this kind of a solution uh, is viable, right? Uh, you know, finding a way to do good with this inventory. Um, you know, our stores... Are in the in the south, southern, primarily the southern part of the U.S., mm-hmm. and you know we're offering these goods at forty to ninety percent off. Uh, so you're you know yeah. you're giving this, you're finding another home, you're diverting the waste, um, and reducing the carbon emissions on the planet. That's I mean that's that's not only a great idea; it's it has to be done. I mean we we don't have any choice, and and, yeah. it, and it's actually a win win for everybody. I remember like years back that Best Buy started doing the open box uh, sales. 
and uh, mm-hmm. and I guess that was a pretty good uh, model, f- uh, but taking it like fifty steps higher uh, is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So take that open box and multiply it. You know, or do the math so you get to yeah. eight hundred billion. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that's that's really the challenge that's out there. Um, and you know, eighty eight percent of retail executives are looking at ESG, uh, environment, sustainability. And um, and governance as part of their uh, you know as as an important part of their business model. It's not just something that lives on the fringes anymore. It's it is really about making that mainstream and finding that solution. Yeah, uh, how does the public uh, participate in ordering in order to support this concept? Yeah, I, I think that the best thing that people can do is look for those options uh, for reshop. Um, again, you know, our stores we've got stores in Canada and the U.S under the headers of Dirt Cheap, Dirt Cheap Building Supplies mm-hmm. and Treasure Hunt, uh, and to look for those solutions where they can save money, which is super important, you know, for anybody at any time, but particularly, you know, with, with some right. of the chatter about where the economy is going today, right. Right. Uh, and to look for those options because you don't have to pay top dollar and you can also do good. And I certainly there's a generational shift that's happening here, but... Uh, you know, I think every generation wants to wants to save money. Oh yeah, well yeah, as you say, with inflation, and then right. and then the the the, uh, the idea of, of saving money and helping out and being sustainable and companies doing better because they they get rid of the inventory. It's just like yeah. everybody wins. I I think it's a great idea. Congratulations for helping to pull pull this together. Yeah, thank you. We're we're really excited about it, and and you know one of the the things that we really enjoy, you know, we've got about fifteen of the one hundred largest retailers that we're in partnership with, and we view ourselves as a partner. How do we help them mm-hmm. tell their sustainability story, mm-hmm. uh, and and again, you know, get a little bit of money back, and that money eventually flows through the customers to lower prices at yeah. some point. I love doing interviews where I learned something I didn't know before, and that doesn't happen. Awesome. Doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where, glad, glad I could be of service. Yes, you did. You you filled that uh, that part in for me today, Chris. Uh, how do we get more information so that we can participate? Absolutely. Thanks for that, Ron. You can go to ccmllc.com uh, or ilovedirtcheap.com. Uh, that's where you can find more about us. Perfect. Hey, it's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for your time today. Do they have hot dogs at the Javits Center? They got hot dogs. They got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's no shortage of food when you get a bunch of retailers together, that's for sure. Okay, you take care. Well, that'll do it for me today. You've been wonderful as usual. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new program. That sounds exciting, doesn't it? But until that time arrives, I wish you peace. Peace.